Do you want to scream? Is that what you Yeah! Okay. Oh wait, no, we don't have to do that anymore because the, I'm not doing video editing. I thought it was for fun. No, do you want to just scream then just for shits and giggles anyway? And maybe I'll That's what I thought. I yeah. thought it was for shits and giggles. Yeah, because I never saw your video editing process. You count us off. Oh, you want me to count it? Yeah. Okay, wait, we'll do it at the bottom of one. So like three, two, one, ah! Yes. Okay, not three, two, ah! Not three, two, ah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> three, two, one. The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We're your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here I learned for that it. lesson a long time ago. Whenever someone says, wait, are we going on one? Or are we gonna wait till one's gone and then go? You gotta say the bottom of one. Yeah. The top of one is yeah. after two. Or the bottom of three. Exactly. We're getting real. BDSM I think we're just saying numbers. top and bottom. Yeah, we are. And you're getting triggered. I am. I'm sorry. Horn triggered. Horny, horny, horny triggered. Horn tr triggeredy. Trorned. So you're getting, tr <laughs> getting, tr getting so trorned on right now. Oh my god. Don't start saying that, guys. Don't. Please don't. Don't start saying please that. Don't. Please don't. <laughs> All right. Hashtag trorned. Hashtag trorned. <laughs> please do that. Please do don't that. do that. Please no. do, do it for me. Uh. Do it. Do it for me. <laughs> Someone Christ. just got trorned on. Oh right my now. god. I will not apologize. Oh my. Alright, today we're gonna to be talking about tools. Specifically the usage of tools in different skill levels and if it's worth it to get a tool versus like how much will the tool help you in your actual craft versus just learning how to work with your tools better. I don't know how to say that without sounding like a butthole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you I know what you mean. It's kind of like where are the tools necessary versus where are they like luxuries? Yeah, exa yes, exactly. And the luxuries always make for a, a better throwing experience or a better crafting experience in my yeah. opinion. But for the old adage like it's the skill that makes the artist not the tools. Oh, right, 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 right. You know, and it's I more heavily believe in that than I think others might. Granted, I have some fancy tools. But like I do the same job without the fancy tools, I just do it a little bit slower. Yeah, yeah. You and know? I think about that, but you can consider a kiln a tool, and I would be 100%. up this creek without <laughs> without a proper electric kiln. My learning process would have been totally different. We would, our, our legs would also be way stronger. Only one leg though, we'd be super uneven. We'd have to ambi we'd have to ambi throw. We would have to like, alright, today's the right leg. Today's yeah. the left leg. Like bodybuilders are like, I make it even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have the same amount of pump on the right side as the left side. Mm, you know, but um, I think- Getting right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go down the list of, you know, necessary versus luxury, and there's definitely something to be said about the timeline in which this conversation could be had, because a long time ago, somebody could look at an electric wheel and go, well, that's kind of cheating. Mm -hmm. As for a society that only used, like, kick wheels. Right. You know, or even a kiln with someone who used straight fire. Yeah. Would be like, that's, there's a timer on it that turns off exactly what it needs to. <laughs> Weak. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, so I guess if there were three levels, there's like the necessary tools, then there's the luxury tools, and then there's like the superfluous tools that are like yeah. so extravagant, and like yesterday's superfluous tools are today's necessary tools. Exactly. There's also something to be said, possibly a fourth level, and I did learn this from video. I did learn this from video games, so please, yes. please excuse me. There's a level of judgment that others seem to have about using a certain weapon or a certain tool or something right. that is basically just ease of use. Yeah. Where it's like, it's just easier for you to do the same job that is difficult for me to do because you have a tool that makes it easier for you. Right, right. And a lot of people will essentially gatekeep 
for having too much ease of use mm-hmm. in there, you know? And yeah. There's also a scale. Like, at what point do you keep on buying ease of use tools to the point where you're just, like, a production factory? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, at what, at what point on the scale are you closer to a machine making the piece than having it be a handmade piece? Granted, it's just not in that it's not a handmade piece, you know, but... Right, right. I hate it whenever I go into, like, Ikea or Walmart, and it's like, oh, handcrafted! And they're, like, hundreds and thousands of the same exact yeah. slip cast bowl with yeah. the same glaze on it and I'm like, like that's a very loose definition of handcrafted yeah I mean some sometimes they are I mean and again this is a little bit of a side thing it's a side so, note, yeah. yeah yeah but the the definition of what is handmade is a conversation for big brain Dante and Lindsay and today <laughs> we're dealing with much more I'm very medium concrete <laughs> medium brain yeah I'm like I'm like light brain right now that's fair yeah I yeah. would I would like to just a side to that that same sidebar is like when you go into and this is a warning for the for the listeners whenever you go into a shop and it says handmade and you see like hundreds of the same bowl and they're all exactly done the same way what they mean to say is that they slip cast it a machine made it a machine did the clay thing a machine glazed it someone picked it up with their hands inspected it maybe wiped off the glaze off the bottom and then a machine kilned it and that you know well, what I mean I mean not necessarily there can be mass produced hand thrown pieces or mass produced slip cast pieces that are being held by hands in every other step of the process is yeah. that it's just likely not like it's different than the kind of work you and I do and that's the yeah. and I think most people I'd like to think most people understand that difference I didn't for a long time which is only why I say it oh, okay that's it's fair like because I think well most people listening to this yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably understand that if difference. Dante went forward in time when he was a child and back in time to listen to this podcast went yeah no definitely yes, it's yeah there's also, um, that's a whole, you know what, that's a whole different, I won't mention that. There's, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole other. That's a big talk. That's a big talk. That's we'll, a big we'll, talk. We'll get to the, we'll, if y'all if are interested in hearing that talk, let us know. That is something that we can, uh, that we can discuss. We'll probably get to it at some point, but we'll get to it sooner if you guys are like, have the conversation. So, yeah. Because <laughs> that's how they sound. Yeah, that's exactly how they sound. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't you get us started off? What is a tool that when you think about luxury versus necessary, what's a what's a tool that comes to mind for you? Well, for me personally, there's necessary tools, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's like, there's the pin tool, right? And then there's like the sponge for cleanup or maybe even the sponge for throwing. Right. Or there's like the wire tool because I need to take this off my wheel. Yes. So those are my sets. Those are like my pin tool, my wooden knife my wire tool, my sponge, and a rib. Those are about the four or five tools that I will always have near me. Yeah. And anything above that is either for the ease of use of of myself Mm -hmm. or it's just for luxury. For example, I have a mud tools, you know, that super black carbon steel multi-tool that has like a chatter tool on one side and it has a trim tool on this side. You oh, I don't think I've actually seen that. You've seen that. You've definitely, you've seen me have it for sure. Oh, wait, is it, it's like, it's very thin, right? It's very thin. It's black carbon steel. It has a loop on one side, it's a loop trim tool on one side. And then oh. the other side, it's shaped like an L. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, I have seen that. I know what right. you mean. Yeah. Okay. That's not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. I love it. It makes my experience for throwing a lot better. It's more expensive. It's a stronger tool. It's easier to sharpen. Not necessary whatsoever. Mm. I could very easily get a Kemper tool and sharpen it mm. like a normal person. I have like seven Kemper tools. I even have the black carbon steel Kemper tools that are mm. almost equivalent to the mud tools trim tool. But the mud tools trim tool is something that is 100% just luxury that I could do with another tool. Huh, okay. 100%. How much did that particular tool cost? Kemper carbon tools are like mm. seven bucks. The regular steel Kemper tools that die fairly quick at the rate that you and I would be trimming and throwing mm-hmm. are like three or four bucks. Yeah. The 
The mud tools is like in between $20 to $25. Yeah. For the one tool. Okay, so this is to me where I would almost consider, where I would like question whether that's a luxury item because so I've, I've been using the Kemper tools. The black ones? The black ones, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those I've are been, higher quality ones than the steel ones. Yeah, yeah. So I've been, I, at least I'm pretty sure those are the ones that I've been using. Like the metal itself is like a dark metal. Yeah, the metal, it's it's thinner, it's easier to sharpen, and it's usually black. Versus yeah. like the silver ones that come in the beginner packages. Right, right. Yeah, so I've been using the Kemper tools for a while, but I was actually thinking about this yesterday because I was trimming, mm -hmm. and the Kemper tools do not stay sharp very long. Gotta sharpen them. Yeah, well, but like I've tried doing that, and it like it kind of doesn't work. Yeah. And then also eventually I run into the issue where the metal itself gets worn through. The the metal in the center essentially wears away to like a thin wire and then breaks. Yes. You know, and admittedly it takes a while, but I feel like most of the time when I'm trimming, I feel like I'm trimming with a dull tool. Like a metal piece of string. Kinda, yeah. This is kind of annoying because I've also run, started running into the issue where it's like as I'm trimming, because the tool is kind of dull, mm -hmm. my pieces keep popping off the wheel. Oh, because you have to put more pressure. Because I have to put more pressure and I then see. like the tool will catch and then my cup will like, even if it doesn't fully pop off the wheel, it'll be like moved a little bit. So then I have to recenter it. And the number of times I had to do that yesterday made me want to break my little tool in half. And so, yo, yeah, hey, yo, it was just like, oh, it was super cause like, you hey, know, girl, you trying to break my little tool in half? I'm a <laughs> hey, yo. Oh, oh, not your tool. Don't worry. I'll leave. Abel needs that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, she doesn't. I don't believe you. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so I was, again, kind of running into the thing where it's like, man, if I wanted to have a freshly sharp, you know, nice tool, you know, I would have to be buying the Kemper tools every, like, month or so. Yeah, And that's yeah. seven bucks a month. It's about a year for me. Yeah. Every year I buy a new Kemper tool. But the, but you mostly use that other trimming tool to trim, right? Yeah, that's every, like, two years. Yeah, see, and I so in my mind that comes to, like, so there was this, oh, shoot, I can't even remember who did this writing or study, but they basically talked about one of the issues. Okay, this might be, this might be a little bit of a circuitous explanation, but I'm going to try and get there. I don't know what that word means, so go for it. All right. <laughs> so there was this idea that was basically talking about why being poor is very expensive. It is. And like one of the things that they talked about in this particular writing is that if you only have, you know, 25 bucks, but you really need a new pair of shoes. Yeah you can't afford the nicer pair of shoes that are gonna last longer. Yep. So you end up having to repurchase the same $25 pair of shoes over and over and over again instead of buying the one more expensive pair of shoes because you just can't afford that bigger yeah, pair. Yeah, there's no way to get to it either. Yeah, and that feels like a very dramatic comparison, but that's no. in my mind kind of what I think. It's like you have the tool that's going to last a lot longer. No, you're right. Pay. You're 100% right because like I'm wearing $6 Walmart shoes right now and I bought them two months ago and they're dead already and my brain's like, well, time to buy another pair of Walmart shoes. Uh, but I refuse to wear nice shoes to my job because they're going to get grease and crap all over them. Just buy, buy the nice good work shoes, dude. It's worth <sighs> it. It's so worth it. You also have that one experience, and this is probably with pottery tools as well, where you get a tool, it's expensive, and you're told that it's like good, and then you don't really like it. Yeah, yeah. I've bought a pair of Canucks before and been like, what are Canucks? They're they're a brand of shoe. Oh, oh like they're okay. like work world shoes, gotcha, essentially, right? Gotcha. And I bought them and I and I wore them and I was like, I hate these. And they died in like four months, and I was like, why did I spend a hundred dollars? Oh god, on these Canucks, I hate them. Yeah, it, they're bad, but that happens sometimes. But yeah, I think you're partially well, you're probably majoritively right in the fact that a mud tools multi trim tool lasts longer mm -hmm. than like 
a lot of other tools on the market and because yeah. of it i spend 25 dollars here but i don't have to buy another seven dollar tool, tool every for, every yeah depending yeah. on how much I, it's also dependent on how what kind of clay you trim yeah that's true stoneware wear your stuff down and porcelain porcelain is a little harder to work with but like it's smooth on the tools so another thing that that, that makes me think of in regards to like necessary versus luxury mm -hmm. is that i think sometimes what can happen is folks think that to be a quote-unquote real potter you have to have these certain tools oh no yeah and you could you could you can even make the comparison that like with the kemper tools okay part of the reason i started buying the cheaper ones is because i honestly i wasn't sure which ones i was going to use the most okay so and it's only now that i know like okay i pretty much have one tool shape that i like to use the most and that's the one that i keep repurchasing okay so now i know that okay if i want to invest in a nicer version of that tool that can give me a similar effect i know what i'm looking for right but i think if if you're just starting out in ceramics i think it's worth spending money on a wider variety of less expensive tools yeah. to get a sense of what you like i think that's an excellent point and i think people should do that mm -hmm. because i come from the point of the exact opposite mm. where like yoshio kind of raised me to like Okay, here's your set of tools. Here's the quality version. And then he taught me which ones are the quality ones that will last a longer time yeah. versus the cheaper ones. Mm -hmm. And the main differential in between the two of them is that one will cut you and one is made of cheaper metal yeah. if you use it. And the other one is made of hardier materials. So, but off of this beginner set of tools, he taught me how to do everything the other tools would do. Oh. So, you know, you ever see the pear trim tool? Yes. Okay. And then and you know, it, so it's a trimming tool. Just for our listeners, it's a trim tool that uh, looks. It's it's not a bit like, like a, a pear. It looks a bit like a pear. It's avocado? like avocado. It's the <laughs> avocado pit tool. Avocado yeah. tool, I guess. Yeah. But it's it's the it's it's the one end of the trimming tool that you get in like the beginner packages. Right. Essentially. Yeah. But there are beginner packages that have the loop trim tool, where one side is like a triangular shaped square. Yeah. And the other side is a loop. That's why mm -hmm. they call it the loop trim tool. He sat me down one day and was like, never buy this loop tool. And I was huh. like, why? And he goes, let me show you. And he put the edge, the smaller part of the avocado, the pear trim mm -hmm. tool, and he put the loop up there and he's like, they're the same exact shape. They do the uh. same exact job, the same exact shape. And he said, the difference is that I can cover a lot more ground because there's a longer blade on the pear trim tool. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. So I think the I blade was- blade is like double or triple yeah. the length. I was, I was mixing up the pear tool with the basic trimming tool that you're saying that Yoshio yeah. Yeah. There's a loop okay. tool and the pair tool, and he's like, it does the same exact job. Yeah. And the blade's longer. He goes, I can trim triple faster if I'm trimming the entire body. And he goes, also, your foot should never be as small as the end, the other end of the pair trim tool, because the blade is like that big. Okay. And he's like, if you ever have a foot this small, <laughs> it's a problem. He's like, it should always be at least this big, and this oh, is the length yeah. of the blade right here. Yeah. And I was like, that is a good point. He goes, I, there's just never, there's not a reason unless you're sculpting to use this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> so I've been kind of, I wouldn't say shoehorned because I'm aware of it, and I have the option to just get out of this little, you know, echo chamber. Mm -hmm. But as far as my mentality goes, the statement that in order to be a real potter, you must have a certain amount of tools. For me, it's the opposite. Yeah. If you can do the same thing the fancy tool potter can do with less tools, in my brain, you're a better potter. <laughs> <laughs> and like you have five tools and you do way better than the person with these other $200 tools. You're just more skilled. Uh, you found ways around, you know what I mean? And you did it for cheaper. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. But it depends on, again, that that's where it comes on the timing because maybe that artist who has fewer tools 
takes longer to get the effects that you could get yes. much more quickly yeah. with the more expensive tools. And what time you use a tool in is, is important. Like what, I guess, period in history. Cause like, as we were saying earlier, yeah. right? Like we have electric wheels now. Most of us yeah. have electric wheels, but someone who's like an old master from a long time ago, mm. imagine like, some guy in Japan just kicking away on his kick wheel would just spit at us. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, I can do the same thing, if not better than you, without electricity. <laughs> Worthless. Mm -hmm. You know. Same thing goes for the person that uses a, a fire to heat up their pottery in the in the glaze. Yeah, yeah. Versus yeah, like us a... who have electricity. <laughs> yeah. And a yeah. timer with a box on it that turns it off at the exact right time. Yes. That measures the temperature for us. But the old master fire watchers are like, I can tell what temperature it is based on how much heat I'm feeling off it and what color the fire is. Yeah. That's some that's some magic. That's I know, some magic right? right there. I love that. But they probably don't consider us real potters. Yeah, but they're like weak. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why I feel like ultimately that question doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who is defining what is a real potter or not, because you know if you if you got your hands in clay, yeah, it's just it doesn't matter. I don't think the definition of what real and unreal is as far as a job title or a potter goes. I do think there's a floor. I do think there's like a you have to have at least some experience in pottery. Well, to yeah, consider, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We and we've talked talked that. about yeah. that. There's, yeah, there's definitely like I don't want to call them posers, but that's what they are. The people who want to be into the and you just invite them in. Like you know, you don't have to lie to kick it. Like just come kick it with me. Man. Yeah. Like, Come on. But there's also a lower middle to, to everything else ground where it's like, dude, I do my art the way I want to do my art. Mm -hmm. I get the way I get my way. I had someone on YouTube yell at me one time, not through a video, through comments. He was like, I would never whisk my glazes around. You don't get the edges in the bottom of the bucket. If you yeah. use a brush, use a big like a toilet brush. And then I was like, I don't know, man, I'm looking at your work and my work comes out fine in comparison. <laughs> uh, I know you're mad I don't do it the way you do it, but you know. If it works, it if works. If it works, it works. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know. That actually, that does remind me of, again, you were talking about the kilns. I do think that getting a electric kiln that has a programmable, that a program, a programmable. A programmable kiln. A programmable kiln. A programmable, programmable kiln. kiln. A, yes. A, a gram of pro kiln. I'm going to, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes. So a a programmable kiln yes. versus a kiln that has a kiln sitter. Yes. I think it is worth getting the programmable kiln. I think so too. Yeah. Like I think even if you don't get the most recent version, like I know you have a kiln where it actually has like the whole touchscreen thing. Oh yeah. I and mean, you have a lot yeah. more information. Like you don't necessarily have to have one of those. Again, that's one of those things where it's easier and you get more information. But like I have the slightly older model of Scuts where it's more of like a keypad yeah. where you have to type in the numbers and stuff. And there are definitely times where I wish I had the like the fancy touchscreen, but I do feel like even if you have how do I say? I don't necessarily want to say don't get that kiln sitter kiln if you have the opportunity, if it's free or something like that. Yeah, you get what you get. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I think if, if it's close, like if it's like, okay, I can either buy this kiln sitter kiln now or save up a little bit longer and get the kiln that has the programmable, save up and get the programmable. It'll save you a lot of time. Like you just don't have to be as on top of your kiln to like turn it up at the right time or make sure you're turning it right. down or it's a lot easier to basically just set it and forget it, you know? You know, the, the manual kilns, I remember I used to have that old, uh, I think it was a Scut 818. Yeah. That, that one had like the kiln sitter in mm -hmm. it. So, oh yeah, maybe we should explain what a kiln sitter is in case folks are listening who don't know. Oh, that's fair. So the 
the usually older, I mean, technically mine has one in it, even though, even though it's new. Yeah. It's a little, you know, it's like a little triangular plug in the inside of your kiln that you could put a cone in, right? Like a little piece of clay, essentially. And it's designed to melt at the exact temperature in which you want to fire your pieces. So if you want to go to cone seven, you would have a little box of these little triangular cone shaped mm -hmm. things, essentially, made out of a material, usually a type of clay that would melt and bend at cone seven if you're firing like cone seven or cone six or whatever, right, right? Right, The second that it bends, it triggers a mechanism for that sitter that turns the kiln off. Yeah. It's like a little switch on the inside of your kiln, mm -hmm. right? That's, it's something that sits in a space in your kiln, yeah. That's made to melt at a specific temperature to turn the kiln off when it reaches that temperature. Yes, I did a yeah. video on it, but like, even though my kiln has one, I never use it. It's usually, mm -hmm. it's like a backup, it's a safety mechanism for me. At That's this cool. Point because That's... I have the touch screen. Somebody made a, his potter made a joke to me one time, this old, older potter in Ireland. He's like, you know, long time ago, a kiln sitter used to be a person. And I was like, That's, ah! I'm gonna let it, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I was like, that is funny. I'm not going to do that though. Yeah, no. Yeah, that is hilarious, but I have what you would call a life. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about yours. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Going off of the conversation of like the programmable versus the sitter versus the box versus the touchscreen, I just I just want to say I have a touchscreen Kiln Master KMT Kiln Master touchscreen. It is not necessary whatsoever. It's, yeah. a, it's an ease. It's what I would call an ease of use. Yeah. Tool, right? Where it makes it easier to use or do the exact same thing that you were already gonna do. But it gives like my kiln has Wi-Fi. What? Yeah, it has Wi-Fi. Yeah, so I have a little app on my phone that's from Scut, uh -huh. and uh, it tells me exactly what temperature my kiln is away from the kiln while it's firing. That's so cool. No, it doesn't do anything. I know, but I want to know. That's the that's you're the marketing that I they know, sell it to. I know, I know. That's the thing is that that they sell it as like they sell it as, and I'm so sorry, Scut, and I love your company, and I would I pr I would I'd love you so much. I love your kilns, but at the same time, like I don't need that tool because there's nothing that I can do other than turning the kiln off that that information would help. Yeah, and you know? maybe there are some types of firings where you do need that information. Right, but, but that's usually programmed into the the touchscreen. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't think of a single situation in which knowing the temperature of the inside of my kiln would help other than me panicking and turning it off because the temperature went too high. Yeah. Or something like that. Or, or just like more general troubleshooting. Like if something isn't working in the kiln, you can figure out when and why. Right. Potentially. Exactly. But. And you, you have that as well. You have like error codes on yours. Yeah. yeah they yeah. give me the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Like granted it was, I want to say two or $300 more to get that installed on my kiln when I bought the kiln. The, the touchscreen? The touchscreen. Mm -hmm. But as I continue to use it, it takes me like, what, maybe two minutes less time to program the kiln to, yeah. you know, I have programs where I like, okay, program number one is this, program number two is this, it's an hour long hold, program number four is for crystal glazes. Program. Right, right. But like, you can, you can do all these things with the previous tool that, it's basically the same thing, but not a touch screen. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that's, that's a hundred percent ease of use tool. Just, I'm sure someone has one out there that's like, no, you could do a bunch of other stuff with it. I, I've had one for like two years. I don't understand it. Maybe I'm dumb, but like, there's no reason I need that. <laughs> it's just a luxury tool and it's not necessary, but don't, you know, like Lindsay was saying, don't fool yourself into thinking I must have one to be a real potter. Yes. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You really don't. So we were talking about kilns. We've talked a little bit about trimming tools. What about things like uh, sponges, ribs, metal ribs, wooden ribs? Those are things to me that are a necessity. 
Within those, are there particular either brands or, you know, like for someone who's thinking about like, okay, if I need to buy a sponge, what kind of sponge should I get? If I need to have a wooden rib tool or a metal rib tool, like the basic versus the like slightly nicer ones. Are there any brands that you like to purchase from for those? Yeah, I would say, and at least for me and you, mm -hmm. I think there seems to be, this is my scale that I just made up right now, <laughs> <laughs> right? Where it's like, there's the bottom level where it's like, this is the cheapest, most necessary tool that you're probably going to need to craft. It's not the best stuff. It won't last very long. It'll mm -hmm. break, bend easy, and it might even uh, cause some user harm. Those are stuff that like I stay away from yeah. unless I'm really desperate. Then there's the medium tools where all the companies and everyone kind of agrees, okay, this is the standard mm. at which we make our tools just for the general experience and betterment of the work and the person using them, right? And then there's what I would call the higher end tools, mm -hmm. which are the stuff that make the experience a little bit better, last way longer, and just are more pleasurable to work with. Yeah. Right? Do a tiny bit of a better job. And above that, there's the luxury stuff where it's like, you don't, you know you don't need that. <laughs> you know with a little bit of like seconds of extra effort, you could very easily do a better, if not the same exact job. And I think you and I would probably both have opinions on certain tools. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to name any companies, but you know, there's... When you first buy your beginner packages, there's one of like a lighter set of tools and there's a darker set of tools. They're both by Kemper. The, yeah, okay. the lighter set of tools is ass. <laughs> it's bad. It's not good. If you bend the metal rib, it doesn't bend back into shape. The pin tool can be very easily bent and yeah. it'll like put the other package is like harder steel. Mm -hmm. It's more expensive too. Yeah. They yeah. they make both types and I can kind of see like if you are like again, I don't know necessarily that you would be listening to this podcast if you've never done ceramics or you're just doing ceramics or just buying tools. And if you are welcome. Yeah, hi! <laughs> But I think I think it's okay to buy the beginner packet like if you're j if you're just starting and you're not really sure if you're going to continue doing ceramics because again it's cheaper it'll get you through one semester of a class. Yes. But beyond that, yeah, you want to get the the darker tools like the Kemper tools that are made out of a um, the metal itself looks darker. You yeah. can see visually see the difference. The wood too. Yeah. The sponge is another one. Sponge like, is a big one. Sponge is a, yeah. The sponge is a big one. I think if you're a real beginner, like you just started, it's almost necessary to buy the crappier, cheaper set of tools uh -huh. because you learn to have an appreciation for the higher set of tools. Yes, but very if, much so. If you were a beginner and I gave you the mud tools, trim tool, black carbon steel, $25 big pee pee tool, yeah. you would think every other tool on the market is shit. You'd, yeah. you'd be like, <laughs> why does everybody make horrible tools? <laughs> yeah, it would just be what you're used to, but most people, you, you spoiled. Know, yeah, which is fine, you know, but... No, spoiled is not fine. <laughs> no, no, you just, you, you, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with starting out with the nice, the nice stuff. I just think it's not, it may not be, like, necessary. Like, if you're trying to be economical about it. If you're going to be doing ceramics more than one semester, get the nicer tools. If you're not yeah. sure, I think it's fine to get the cheaper ones. But I feel like sponges are one of those weird things where, like... Bro. Like sponges just wear out, right? And it's 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 so it's so frustrating. And I have a hard time finding the elephant because the elephant ear sponges are the night or not the elephant ear. The the natural sponges are the sponges that are the nicer ones to use. They're right. actually yeah. made from a real sponge as opposed to the I don't know some sort of synthetic material that the beginner package sponge is made out of. Yeah. But part of me is like they both decay or seem to decay at the same rate. 
and the, the, the real sponges are more expensive, you know, so I, you know, I've kind of been Oh, buying. you have a gripe? You have I've, a gripe with the sponges? No, I just, I'm more so just sad that they, that I, I had, I just, I have a hard time. I have a hard time finding the, the right shape of a sponge. I'm very picky. So sponges are one of those weird areas where I'm like weirdly picky. No, you should be with your sponge. You should be. When I get the natural sponges, I always end up with one side of the sponge that I like more. Yeah. But then inevitably that sponge decays and then I have to get used to another sponge that has a different shape. That's and a it's, beautiful thing though. I don't like it. I know you don't I like, like consistency. I know. So... So when I first started ceramic artwork, I had that little yellow cake sponge. Yeah. I hate those things I've been so much. I've been using them, not gonna lie. No, you're good. So there's the yellow cake sponges, right? And when I used them, Yoshio came up to me and was like, let me fix that for you. And I used it and it was super thick. Mm. You know, it's like a little hockey puck of, yeah. of synthetic material. Mm. He got a, he got some tool. I, it wasn't scissors. It was like a more accurate tool. Okay. And he cut it in thirds. Oh! So that I could feel the clay in between my fingertips. So that it was thinner. So that it was thinner. I got you. So from this one sponge, I number one, I got three sponges. Yeah. Number two, my throwing experience immediately got better. Mm. Number three, I was able I was able to craft a little bit better because I could feel the clay mm. in between my fingertips. And he was like, yeah, um, you should buy a better sponge once you run out of these three, but you, you can totally do that. You don't have to keep buying the big yellow cake sponges. Yeah. He goes, it benefits you to have a thinner sponge, right? And so from that example, I started buying different sponges. Mm -hmm. Of course, after a while, you get to the elephant ear stage. Yeah, and those are like the big natural sponges, Big right? natural sponges, yeah. yeah. If you can find a shop that sells elephant ear sponges by the sponge instead of by the weight of the sponge, uh -huh. get yourself the biggest sponge, Yeah. cut it up into the per uh, preferred size for you personally, and then just roll from there. The yeah. beautiful thing is, and I think this is—I think this is just a me thing, but I'd like to believe this is part of Potter culture. Uh -huh. Is I have a little jar in my studio full of like old dead elephant ear sponges Aww. that whittled down from just being taken from grog clay so much. Yes, yes. And they're just destroyed. Uh huh. They're like the size of my thumb. Oh yeah. They have oh, yeah. holes in them, you know. And I'm—I like look at them. I was like mm, memories. Oh. So sweet. Memories. That might be a you thing, but yeah. that's rather adorable. And it's, you know, the only tool that I would say is both luxury and partially necessity mm -hmm. for me personally with sponges are, again, the mud tools. <sighs> mud sponges. tools. Shout out to mud tools. Do they never die? I've had the same one for like four years and I had to buy another one because I lost the other. It wasn't like it died. I just couldn't find it. Yeah. And somebody, one of my patrons a long time ago sent a set of these sponges. There's an orange one, there's a white one, and a blue one. And one is made for like porcelain smoother things, oh. memory foam. One's made as like a workhorse. It's like grog heavy throwing sponge. Mm -hmm. And the other one's a medium of the both two. Oh, that's cool. Both the two, right? I still have that same set that she bought me oh. because I haven't, <laughs> I haven't moved on because they're so effing durable. They're made of this weird memory foam. They just like, now that I've experienced them, anytime somebody buys a sponge in front of me, I'm like, you just get yourself one mud tools. Man. Okay. Yeah. Just maybe. Just get yourself a mud tools and it'll, and it'll always the same shape. It's always the same size. It never dies. It always is the same consistency. Like it's just constant. Okay, I, I think I'm gonna. I think you've convinced me. I'm, get, I'm gonna I'm get. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get a mud tool. I'm about to get you the fancy shit for Christmas. I got a Christmas list for Lindsay. Don't worry. <gasps> what? Yeah. Well, we don't really. I don't really call it Christmas, but like you know, I'm, I'm getting the list for the for the Yule Tide celebrations. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Can we have a Can we have a pagan celebration and and? We can, but we can't do it like we used to do it though, because that was crazy. 
Okay, all right. No, no, no Bacchanalian, uh, no orgies yeah. under the moonlight. I mean, I do, have, <laughs> I do have a vasectomy, so I, I technically could just blow loads without consequence. That is true. But I mean, there's still STDs. Not that I think you have an STD. There's a moral consequence to it. So <laughs> there's, there's a moral consequence, and that's a little yes. bit worse than you know. Be because you are in a monogamous relationship. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And there's a yeah. I get in trouble. Yeah. Even if she was in on it, I would still get in trouble. <laughs> Oh my god, oh my god, I love it's it. There's wine everywhere and... Man, this is sounding like more and more Breaking fun. pots. I know, right? Oh my god. It sounds like so much Dude, fun. Dude, yeah, like like a bunch of like spiced wine, a Dude. bunch of bold wine just smashing pots on the just ground. Holly everywhere. Oh my god, just like primal screaming at the moon. The air is full of just spices that you don't oh. know from what wine bottle it's coming from, but you know you want some. Spice must flow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. We're 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 throwing we're throwing the party. You'll be receiving messages and invitations by Raven. I would and, like to throw uh, another Potter party, but I don't think there's enough travel. Like if we if you and I went to a studio and like meet up. Yeah. Would you guys want that? <gasps> I think that would be fun. Would they like a Potter meetup? I don't know. I don't know. How I mean, many I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing an in-person second sale finally this year. So oh, that's, that's good. Maybe maybe we can combine it. Maybe you can hang out with me. I'm down. Yeah. Cool. I just you know like part of me wants to throw like I want to like buy out a studio like Cincy or Ceramics oh, yeah. in Sacramento and then like all right anybody who's a fan of the channel come on over let's party. <gasps> that would be fun. That'd be tight AF. Yeah. That's what okay. the kids that's what the kids say. We should probably get back to the topic. You're right. Sorry. Okay. No more talking about partying. Oh. Yeah. See. Okay. See how you're sad when I say that. I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> now we have to do work. <laughs> but I want. Primal scream at the moon! <laughs> Drunk on spice wine! Drunk on spice Okay, okay. Ooh woo! <laughs> so, oh, good lord. Okay, okay. So, yeah. you've convinced me to get a mud tool sponge. Okay. I'm here for that. Okay. I'm also gonna buy you a mud tools multi trim tool. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna love that thing. Oh my god. I'm it not... chatters. I don't like chattering. Right, but like you can chatter. Oh, that's like, nice. Just the fact you can. Okay. Alright. Well, <laughs> Okay, so when we were prepping for this episode, yeah, I'm still thinking about spice wine. When we were prepping for this episode, you brought up the concept of bypass tools. So yeah. why don't you talk a little bit about that? So I did make up this word on the spot, but I think it's fairly accurate. I do that a lot. A bypass tool is a tool that just bypasses a certain skill set that you would essentially have to learn or a certain amount of difficulty learning something that you just don't need it anymore. You know, like the, the prime example that comes to mind is Giffen Grip. Mm -hmm. In my mind, centering is a skill set that you is necessary for the ceramic art wheel throwing process. Throwing is a skill set by itself that you need to explore. Trimming is a skill set by itself, and you can like they're each masterable in their own right. Right. So there's throwing, trimming, yeah, glazing, right. and kilning. There's four different arts that in like Jing to Jing China, right? They have one person who's lineage is to like you're the kiln master right and right. this person's whole job for their whole life is like you're the guy who glazes and you share yes. that job with 10 other people yes. that's your own job you don't even know how to throw your whole job is just yeah. to, is to glaze and your job is to trim and your job is to throw right 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 and of course there are tools gif and grit beam probably the most prime one that i can think of that like oh i don't really have to learn how to trim this tool just automatically centers for me and i don't really have anything negative to say about these tools other than that there's a certain amount of basics in the ceramic art world especially will thrown that you need to at least have experience for in order to go further in your education and if you have too many bypass tools you'll end up reaching a plateau you'll end up like oh, i want to chatter my entire pot okay well let me show you how to chatter 
wait, I have a Giffen grip and it has those tongs that go to the middle of the body. Well, I can't, you can't really trim the, in, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's sticks in the way. Yeah. Like, oh no, I got the Giffen grip that holds at the feet. Well, if I was to teach you how to, how to alter your pot in like a drier form or to carve, it's going to be a bit difficult and then you wouldn't need the grip because, you know, like there's certain things in the ceramic art world that I would want to teach someone how to do that these bypass tools would kind of get in the way of mm. a little bit. Yeah. I don't have as big of a beef with Giffen grip because I, I can understand the ease of just putting the piece on and then boom, it's centered. Yeah. Because, you know, again, I've been having the issue with my pieces, my tools catching my pieces. And so they pop, they'll like pop off the wheel. Right. So I'm running into that thing. Not that I would, you know, I'm sure there are other solutions I could run, I could of course, figure yeah. out before buying a Giffen grip. But part of me is like, man, it'd be really nice to actually have something that securely kept this cup in place you know, more so than what I use now, which is just, you know, balling up the little, right. the little tater tots of clay tater tots. <laughs> and, and using that to secure, to secure the pieces. Because I don't think, you know, with Giffen grips, the only part of the trimming process that you're bypassing is the centering part. Like, yes. yeah, your, your decoration or surface decoration techniques may be limited because of, you know, again, where the, where the securing, where the gips griff. Yes, <laughs> on your on your piece, with like you're saying, gips, yeah. yeah, with the griff gifts. Um, <laughs> but you know, but you're still you're still having to learn, like, okay, how much clay do I take away? Yes, like where do I take away the clay? There's still a lot of the trimming process that you're still having to learn. Yes, the Giffen grip just takes that part of the centering process. Make it, way it, ma it makes it a lot easier. It's not even that it doesn't get rid of the ability to learn how to trim properly. It just it makes it, e it's an ease of use tool. It's almost all three. It's a luxury tool, it's an ease of use tool, and it's almost a bypass tool. Because mm -hmm. you don't really have to bypass learning how to trim. You just like, here's here's a great example, right? In the advanced stages of my ceramic artwork, I teach people how to even out the entire body of their clay. Yeah. Right? Meaning that you put your stuff upside down and you trim it. And often there's this weird undulation, like right here. Mm. I, you can't see where I'm, but like it's near the bottom. Yeah. Because most people trim the bottom near the butt of their pot and right. then they kind of stop. A lot of the times there's like this line where people like you and I would look at that line and go, that's where they stop trimming. Oh, okay. They didn't trim the rest of the body, but gotcha. they didn't at least even it out. So often what I would have to do if I used a Giffen grip, I used to have one a long time ago, I stopped using it. I trip it upside down and I would just like center that right side up. And then I'd get a metal rib and I would even out the rest of the body so that the clay oh. was completely smooth. If you only know how to use a Giffen grip, it's very difficult to teach someone that technique because the thingies are in the way. It's mostly that the thingies are in the way. And the thingies are the little, the, the little thingies, like, the thing, the, the... The grips of the yes, Giffen. The, gri the, the grips, grips of the Giffen, yes, they and keep the pot in place. Yeah, and I think if you are going to get a Giffen grip, I would only suggest getting the one that hits, like, the bottom of the, the lip, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And not the middle ones. Granted, I really do want the high ones. Have you seen mm. the tall ones? Ah, uh, yes, I have. The one, like, you make a two-foot pot, and it's like, it's cool, I have a grip for that. Oh, yeah. And they just hold like this, and oh. that, that's cool. Yeah. Although I'd probably still tip it right side up and, you know, even mm, it out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, There are some things, though, that I think that, like, we're seen as ease of access and maybe even bypass tools that in today's age are not seen as that. Mm -hmm. For example, like, everybody, everybody a long time ago <laughs> had to know how to make glaze. Right. Everyone right. knew how to make glaze, right? If you were a potter, like, you made your own glaze. Your <laughs> colors were individual. If you found a new material, you didn't share it with other potters. There's no recipes. Like, although actually there were only recipes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But now it's like 80% of you are buying bottles of glaze. Because it's, yeah. it's just an ease of use tool. You don't, 
have to learn to make glaze like the old masters because you can buy a bottle of glaze. Yeah. But I think today, much like the electric wheel, that's necessary for a lot, for most people, I would say it's necessary. Unless you want to become a pseudo chemist, I guess. Uh, I, I don't think it's, I wouldn't say that buying your own bottles of glaze or that making your own glaze is necessary. Like no, I think. Like, I mean the opposite. Oh. I mean, it's, it's necessary to buy bottles of glaze now. Oh. But a long time ago that was seen as like, why, like the old masters aren't buying bottles of glaze. They had the skill set to be a potter was to make your own glaze. You had to do that. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. But yeah. now we have the ease of use of having prepared bottled glazes. It's almost necessary to buy bottled glazes now. Like 80% of you are using bottled glazes. Yes. You kind of have to unless you want to become a pseudo chemist. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't even say that because like, again, the, the thing that I love about glaze making is that it's, it's so much like baking. You're literally just following a recipe. If you can bake a batch of chocolate chip cookies, you can make a glaze. Hear me out, Lindsay. Okay, tell me. Hear me out. Tell me. You're 100% right that it's just like baking or cooking. Yeah. A lot of people don't know how to cook. Think about that. No, 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 that's true. I mean, I suck at cooking. Baking, I got. But it's literally like you're just measuring. Anyway, I, I, hear, I hear your point. I hear your point. A lot maybe of y'all don't know how to make your own food. Maybe that's not Maybe that's not the best comparison. You're but bad. Point, oh, don't shame people, Dante. Don't shame people. <laughs> I try not to shame you, but like, you need to eat to live, bro. <laughs> what are you doing? Just buying food all the time? Prepackaged? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Your organs hate you. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. No, glaze. I like the. I, that's kind of interesting thing about to think about glazes as as tools. Yeah, that's interesting though. Yeah, but only from a historical point of view, I suppose. Yeah. Where it's like a long time ago, that would be seen as like, Ugh. like somebody would gatekeep that. Somebody would be like, the real potters don't do that. But right. now it's now it's especially in the city. Yeah, you you buy bottle glazes. Like, oh, do you mm -hmm. have this glaze? Oh, I have that glaze. The same exact glaze all throughout. Yeah. You're gonna get consistency. Yeah. That that is nice. Like I. I like having a mix. Like I, most of my glazes I, I make, but there's a couple that I do buy because I don't know how to make a brass gold glaze. I don't yeah. have the, I haven't developed or found the recipe for that mostly because I haven't looked. Um, because it's easier to just buy the bottled no. glaze. So 100%. Yeah. I buy yeah, Firebrick yeah. Red because I refuse to make a red with a mason stain. Like I just don't yeah. want to do mason stain glazes. Yeah. If I want that red, I have to buy Firebrick Red, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so the other... <laughs> I have to laugh about this next this next part of tools that we're going to cover because it's essentially talking about ways that you can get pottery tools at non-pottery tool locations. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the the comparison when 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 you and I were prepping for this episode, I was like, "Okay, so this is what I have, I have in mind. Like I'm not going to say this on the episode, you should say but now I'm totally going to say it on the episode." So, okay, so what this reminds me of is like, let's say you want to get into bondage, right? Bond what? Bond what? Could you explain huh? what that is? I'm not going to explain it. Okay. You know what it is. You know what it is. <laughs> but like, let's say you want to get into like bondage or something like that, right? The whole thing is that like, you don't have to buy the super fancy rope from yeah. your local like sex shop or whatever. Like you can go to REI, yeah. get that rope, put it through the washer with like a, uh, a fabric softener and then call that good and you save so much money that way. Yeah, it's just treated rope and it's you just, can treat it yourself with the machines in your house. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So not that I have any, actually it's funny cause I've never actually done that. That's just a technique that somebody else recommended to me, I swear. I've never done bondage, but, I've only done stocks. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus, Dante, that was the worst. Oh, that was the worst. Get wrecked. Oh my God. I'm a dad now. You are a dad now, that was the most, oh Woo! Lord. Make sure you drink plenty of water and stretch, kids. I'm your dad. Oh my god. Anyway, so 
with that, uh, yeah. with that comparison, <laughs> there are ways that you can get pottery tools. Thousand percent. Yeah. So what's what's an example of where you've done that? A huge one is like a chamois. A oh, lot yeah. of you know, like the mud tools uh, sponge that is made of that super white like memory foam. Yeah. A lot of material. people just get like sheepskin. It's way cheaper, or they'll get a little piece of plastic. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't wear out as long. I hate plastic, but like it's st people still do it. it. Still works. Yeah, and you or, can get like a chamois cloth from like mm -hmm. a, from an auto store, and you can cut it up a thousand times. Yeah, and just keep using that. You'll never run out of that as long as you're responsible enough to not lose it. No, <laughs> you know, it's not like they wear down too easily. Yeah, another one is the stool, like the classic classroom pottery stool. Yeah. If you buy it from a pottery shop, it's like a couple hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Granted, they're good quality, but like it's not like you're abusing them. Ikea sell them for like $15. Yeah. They're called like a Yipper Lig or something. <laughs> they got some weird name I can't pronounce. I don't know. But they are way cheaper and they're adjustable. They're damn near the same quality. Yeah. There's a lot of tools in the pottery world that you can just, and I know I'm overusing this word, you can, you can bypass the amount of money that you would spend on, I guess, the authentic version mm -hmm, of it mm -hmm. by just getting something that would work the exact same yeah. at a different store. Home Depot is, well, Lowe's. Lowe's is a great source of that. Yeah. Um, Ikea is a great source of that, you know. I once used floss, what do we call it, as a... A cheese wire as thing. As a cheese wire thing. Yeah. Because I, both of my um, wire cutter tools had, like, broken. Mm -hmm. And so I used floss for, like, two weeks before I bought another one. One time I, I couldn't find my pin tool for the life of me. Oh, yeah? So I just got a knife from the kitchen <laughs> and tilted it towards me. And I was like, oh, that'll cut it off. You know, yeah, like, that'll yeah, work yeah. for the top. I feel like the other joke with uh, with similar improvised tools yeah. is like forks. Like people always talk about forks being the best like scoring tools. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But they do sell ribs that score. Yeah. But you're like, I could just bring a fork to class. Yeah. I yeah. actually, I'm, I do not like forks because I like having a more precise area where more of the scoring is happening. Mm -hmm. But that is one that like, especially if you're working on like larger pieces, mm -hmm. the fork is, the fork is really nice. I just use my pin tool. There's, there is also something to be said about tools that can easily do another, yes. another job, you know, like, oh, buy this tool. This tool will straighten your pot. And I'm like, give me your metal rib. I'll show you how to straighten your pot without spending an extra 20 bucks mm -hmm. you know this tool does or like any lines you want to put in your pottery anything that's sold underneath the printheads of oh this will make lines in your pottery and you can make them wavy and oh curvy. yeah i will just grab your pin tool or your wooden rib or the edge of your metal rib and make the lines for you you ever see those you know those like different sizes of wooden wooden knives yes okay there's different sizes of them i once saw a company that would whittle them down for you based on your preference. Oh, that's cool. So there'd be like a shorter one, there'd be like a longer one, a sharper one. Yeah. Yoshio saw this and was like, spin your wheel. And I was like, all right. And he's like, <laughs> there, you know? He was, oh my God. He was like, don't waste your money. Like they're just, they, they know they can do this. Yeah. In fact, they're doing this for you. Yeah. You know, it's one of those. Oh, that's neat. I have like a couple different sizes of, of uh, wooden knife. For that reason. I'm like, oh, this is the... Yeah. I've told you now you're like, oh, you can also sharpen your wooden knife on your wheel. Did you know that? That but, hella makes sense. Yeah. Just go to the side of your wheel, angle it at a certain angle, and it makes it sharper. Never buy a wooden knife again unless it whittles down to a pencil size. Okay. Ever. Just uh, sharpen it on your wheel. That's cool. And if you ain't got a wheel, get a knife from the kitchen. Get a knife from the kitchen. Get a knife from the kitchen. Yeah, from the kitchen. I, like I like that. Yeah. Stop buying stuff that you could very, very yeah. easily do with your other stuff. <laughs> They're just trying to con you. Yeah. They're well, I mean, I would 
wouldn't say I wouldn't go so far as to say they're trying to con you. They're I just would. they're just okay. Well, that's fine. You can. I will push back and I will say that yeah. I think it's just it's nice to provide different options. Because my first thought is the uh, there's I'm I'm spacing out on the name of the company, but there's a company that makes a bunch of different kinds of wooden rib tools that create different shapes oh, in your pot. Like Zemex or whatever it is, the X E M X. No, it's a di it's a different company. But point being, like yeah. I can see why people would buy those because it's like, it would take another step of effort to make something on your own that's like that, that's similar. That's and right. some folks just don't wanna, that's not where they wanna spend their time, which is totally fine. Which like, is, but we, yeah, you value your all, own time the way you. Yeah, we all have to pick and choose where yeah. we spend our time on those things. When I, I guess it's like, I don't know, my, my thesis statement for this whole episode would yeah. probably be like, I think it's, it's tools, <laughs> tools. Tools. They're nice. <laughs> no, I think like ultimately you you can you don't have to have a lot of different tools to make good work. You you know, most of the time you can either find or make your own tool or learn the specific technique to get the effect that you can see on other pieces that have the use of those tools. Tools will save you time. Oh, yeah. They might help with consistency. Yeah. But there's a lot of improvisation that you can do to not have to spend more money on tools if you are not wanting to spend a bunch of money on tools. The one tool that I will always spend money on is anything that helps organization of my studio. Oh. This inc this includes bats. Like, I don't, I don't like bats. I don't like using bats unless I'm making a plate. Uh -huh. But... I've seen other potters just line up their pots with bats, and my brain goes, you've never taken a pot, like you don't know, you probably don't know how to take a pot off the wheel. But the convenience of lining up your pots on a bat that are perfectly spaced apart on your shelf because uh. the bats are the same size, is so appealing to me for organization yeah. and takes up less mind clutter and you know, I'm one of those people who like, oh, the lights are loud. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm one of those people. Yes, yes. So like the more organized an area is, the less loud an area is, the better I can concentrate. For that, yeah. it's easy for me to see why somebody would want that over just not buying a bunch of bats. Yes, you know? yes. And I think that's like a prime example of something that is ease of use, but not luxury at the same time. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, well, I could see why that would become a massive benefit, especially to your time. Especially yes, time. yeah, yeah. So we haven't talked at all about the, oh my God, Diamond Core. Diamond Core tools. Oh my God. Oh my core. Lord. Diamond Core tools are a huge one for trimmers. Huge. Huge one for trimmers and carvers. Yes, yes. Or even like, okay, so my biggest thing. Yeah. Their sanding discs Oh. Amazing! Like Even if, if sanding pads are great. Yes, yes. Oh. If I would, I would recommend. Like I know, like I know, you tend to like using um, sandpaper. Yeah. For for sanding the bottoms of your pieces. Yes. I am a huge fan. Like I would say, if you have a high, relatively high production, it is worth spending the money to get a sanding disc because it it speeds up the um the sanding process so much, and it also oh. I think it's just less wear and tear on your joints as well, because even the diamond yeah, core sanding pads, yeah, you're having to do a lot of back and forth motion like with your joints. Yeah, so the diamond core sanding pads that you put on your wheel to sand the bottoms of Fantastic. your pieces, amazing. And their carving tools. Yes. Their carving tools are something that are ease of use and luxury and way worth it at the same. It hits all three. Yeah. It hits like you should at least buy one. If you're like anti-diamond core, buy, and you're a carver, mm. buy one and then use it and then shut up because I was right. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm actually finally going to get a diamond core tool because, so I've been using- Another thing for the list for Lindsay's Christmas. I know, two things, two things. No, 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 those are expensive. I'll buy that for myself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have you buy all my, all my stuff. But the, and the reason that I'm, 
finally I think gonna cave is because I've been using the like okay so you know you know the tool it's a I think it's a Kemper tool but one side is a small metal knife and the other side is a thick kind of like a crescent moon like a crescent moon thank yeah, you I gotcha. like a crescent moon shape yeah that's what I've been using for my carving like when I carve my cathedral like gothic oh. architecture pieces you just use the side of the knife no, I don't use the knife. I use, I, I like gouge into the clay with this super dull, like crescent moon shape. I respect it. And you know, and I'm just like, you know, I think both with the wear and tear on my joints and on my hands for holding that super thin jank tool. And then just the amount of pressure that I have to apply to actually carve the clay, I'm like, all right, I am carving enough pieces to warrant getting a yeah. a diamond core. 100%. To make it easier and to save your time, listen, listen here, Potters. You mm -hmm. got someone like me, because I'm very blunt, who go up to you and they go, what do you want for Krim, right? Mm -hmm. What do you want for the Yuletide? What do you want for the party, right? Yeah, for our, for our spice one. For your spice one. Howling at the moon Christmas party. <laughs> you look them dead in the eyes, you say, I want a diamond core tool. Just one. Just tell them just one, it's just one pottery tool. They're probably gonna check the website and you're gonna tell them the website and they're gonna see it's like $50. Mm -hmm. But still, like, just I just want one. And yeah. then coordinate, if other people wanna get you one as well because you keep saying you want that one. If you do this for one holiday, you'll be set with all the, you only need like three or four of them, maximum, for your whole yeah. life. And they send you replacements too. Oh. I got mine, I, I got replacements with mine because the company sent me some. Thank you, Diamond Core. Oh, that's cool. They're, but you normally have to buy the replacement heads, right? Because they wear down too? Yeah, but the replacement heads are like really cheap in comparison to the tool itself. Oh, okay, okay. And all the I think they come out with new tools every XYZ because mm -hmm. they're all dated with the year and all that on them and oh, different designs. Cool. They're just they're just top. Yeah. They're just, ugh. Yeah, all right, okay, so so my, my conversion points are a mud tools. You got a lot of conversion points. I do have a lot of conversion points. I, so a mud tools sponge, so that I don't have to buy the little cake sponges or the elephant ear sponges that decay. The a diamond core tool. Tool. I've been getting by on some non-luxury tools for a long time. I think it's I think it's time I treat myself. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. Don't buy them. I got it. I'll do it. I got. I'm not going to ask you. Let me buy. Tell me which one you're gonna buy. I got the other one. Maybe, All right. Maybe. Okay. All, All right. right. Let's go howl at the moon. Okay. Let's go howl at the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Mud Peddlers with Lindsay M. Dillon and Dante of Earth Nation. Want to say hi and see what Dante and I are working on in our studios? Check out the show notes for links to our websites and social media below. You can find me at lindsaymdillon.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-M as in monster, D-I-L-L-O-N.com. And on Etsy, Instagram, and Facebook at Lindsay M. Dillon. And you can find me at Earth Nation Ceramics. It's spelled exactly how you think it's spelled. But you can also find me on my Facebook fan page and Instagram at the same name at Earth Nation Ceramics. If you enjoyed hanging out with us today, or you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, take a second to rate and review The Mud Peddlers in Apple Podcasts. It helps our podcast reach new listeners, and we really appreciate the feedback. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.